0: thankful this morning for all who have led us in worship and thankful for the opportunity to bring a word and to continue our Advent sermon series, What Child is This? And the name of this sermon is Carrying Jesus. Our text from this morning is from John's gospel, the first chapter, verses 6 through 8, and then walking down to 19 through 28. Let us read God's word together. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but he confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandal This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Let us pray together. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've been a part of many Christmas pageants and retellings of the Christmas story over the years. At one point, I was young and precious enough to be among the angels singing Gloria. When I was in late elementary school, I played a young shepherd boy in a church-wide production of the Christmas story. And in the CLC Christmas program last week, I played Joseph for perhaps the fifth or sixth time quietly following closely behind Mary, reimagining the feeding trough for the animals into a bassinet. Joseph has an important part, but in most productions, it pales in comparison to the role of Mary. She gets to hold the baby. She gets to carry Jesus The other characters, they witness this newborn baby. But as Mary carries the child, she looks around to see the wise men and the shepherds and the animals and the star shining above them. John the Baptist gets left out of our abbreviated sharing of the Christmas story. And I'm not sure about your nativity sets at home, But mine doesn't have a John the Baptist figure in it. And yet, his role and function are featured in the gospel stories and certainly prevalent in Advent preaching texts. John is something like a second cousin to Jesus. He's the son of elderly parents Elizabeth and Zechariah. And John is causing quite a stir. And the question that's posed to him by the priests and the Levites is this. Who are you? John is sent by God, but he quickly corrects that he is not the Messiah. He doesn't serve the role of announcing another prophet, but he proclaims the coming word made flesh. He points with his very life toward who the coming Christ is would be. When he's pressed on what he's doing, John quotes the prophet Isaiah saying, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And perhaps we can understand why this part is not portrayed within the classic Christmas pageants. For grandma and grandpa want to see the little kids sing Little Grey Donkey, not hear a strange man yelling about the wilderness. But John preaches on. He's undeterred by the skepticism around him. He's been called by God. He's baptizing and prophesying. He's pointing to the coming Messiah. And those sent by the Pharisees are confused about the role that John is playing. For they assume by his costume and character that he might be the Messiah, but he's not. He's also not Elijah. He is not the light, but he bears witness to the light. The question that's posed to John is one in which we all must answer. Who are you? The level at which we answered this question is interesting. Do we answer first with our vocation? I'm a teacher or a pharmacist. How might we answer by family I'm a parent or a child, a husband or a mother. We can answer this by religious affiliation. I'm a seeker or a skeptic or I'm a Christian. Much of this question factors into how we view ourselves. For John the Baptist, he first defines himself by what he is not. And then we notice who and what John is. John is a messenger called to prepare the way for God's tomorrow. And from Luke's gospel, we see that John has been about this business his entire life, even before he was born. Luke 1.44 features John jumping in the womb at the news of the coming Messiah. The role that John serves in this story is truly that of first witness, And this reminds me of a leadership training that I participated in some years ago for pastors and ministry leaders. We were all fresh out of seminary and ready to change the world, but nearly all of us were serving churches and organizations from the second chair. We weren't the senior pastors of these churches or the primary leaders of the organization. And the question was, how do you lead? when you're not the primary leader. That's when I was introduced to the concept of the first follower. The first follower is an early adopter. They have the important function of modeling next steps, following the primary leader's vision. In some ways, the first follower is the person who truly makes the primary leader a leader because you're not really a leader until someone is following you. The point is that John is the first follower of Christ, bearing witness some 33 times in John's gospel alone, compared to just two other references in the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John bears witness because he has the eyes to see that something special is happening. John knows that he has an important part to play. Remember, our text begins with a man sent from God whose name was John. Is anyone willing to play this part in our Christmas pageant next year? As we're reviewing the cast list, we should make note of the amount of ordinary people that sit around the manger. Sure, you have the Magi, they're wealthy and powerful, but even they're sensitive to the way that God is up to something, the way that God is at work. The shepherds, they're nothing special. They're just doing their job. But they're invited to bear witness to the birth of the Messiah. Joseph isn't noted for any special renown. He's a common carpenter from a backwoods town. But he's patient enough and loving enough to believe Mary's story despite what it might do for his own reputation he bears witness to God's faithfulness in the person of Jesus Mary is an unwed teenager she is noted to be faithful and theologian frederick beekner explores some theological imagination about the angel gabriel visiting mary in his book peculiar treasures Beekner imagines Gabriel's perspective of this encounter beginning with how young Mary was. He says that she was hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, Gabriel said. And as he said it, he only hoped that she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung on the answer of a teenage girl. As God cast the Christmas story, God did not go out and select the most obvious of choices. God didn't pick the elite, the best looking, those showing the most promise. Instead, God viewed this cast of characters through a different lens. Would they listen and be faithful? Would they hear God's calling and follow through? Would they humble themselves enough to carry the baby? Would they bear witness to God's story in the present tense? The story of Christmas is one of bearing witness. God's plan is shared with Elizabeth and Zechariah that they would have a son, and they are found faithful. The ministry of John the Baptist prepares the way for Jesus and his ministry of healing and reconciliation. This is only possible because of John bearing witness. The words of the prophet are echoed to Mary, and she nods back that her heart magnified the Lord. She, too, furthers God's plan. Joseph holds his commitment to Mary, and they witness God's providence unfolding. Even the wise men are told in a dream not to share the details of Jesus' birth with Herod, and they follow through. God's involvement on earth seems to involve everyday, ordinary people like you and me doing extraordinary things. The Greek Orthodox Church uses a special word in their description of the Virgin Mary. Church fathers like Origen and Hippolytus in the 3rd century, they call Mary Theotokos. The word means God-bearer. For she is the one who literally holds and carries Jesus. She bears him into this world and lays him in a manger but she is not the only God-bearer, though. For every Christian is a God-bearer. We do not carry Jesus in the same way that Mary did on the journey to Bethlehem, but we might make room for Christ to be carried in our hearts this Advent season. We cradle the Christ child when we hear the stories of the family who had no place to stay, no room in the inn, We hold Jesus close in our hospitality and our calls for justice and equity. We carry Jesus when we wrap our arms around someone who's grieving this season. We enfold the Christ child in our arms and we behold and see God's hope alive in this world. In carrying Christ, we're gentle. And peaceful it changes our whole demeanor and the world around us is also changed by this baby too as God bearers carrying Jesus we have a part to play for it's not that God is unable to do these things without us but that God might choose to involve us in this work in the present tense as co creators with Christ, as God bearers, as those carrying Jesus and witnesses to God's plan and action. We bear witness in simple ways. We bear the light of Christ in this world, essentially asking, How might Jesus act in this situation? We seek justice for the downtrodden, we pursue loving kindness for all people. We live lives of generosity and humility. We enact the Christ-like virtues of faith and hope and joy and love. We share the reason for our hope, which is God's great love as found in Jesus the Christ. And when life gets challenging, we remember that we are not alone in this world. We seek assistance from Christian community we guidance from the Holy Spirit, we read scripture, we worship and pray and have communion with God, and these are just a few responses, ways that we can bear witness to God's work in this world. The Christmas story also reminds us that we do well to hold Jesus close, to listen for how God might be calling us as well. My eldest son, Carter, had a craft from Sunday school last week, and it was a a sticker sheet with the cast of characters from the nativity. And there was another piece of paper that had the stable scene to hold the character stickers. There was Mary and Joseph, the wise men and shepherds and your standard fare of animals as well. Now, I have to admit, Carter didn't have just one sticker sheet, though. He took maybe three or four of them, and I asked, why did you take so many of these? And he responded that one angel was simply not enough. He wanted to fill the sky with angels, just like in the story. My mind went immediately to the scarcity of these sticker sheets, and I asked him, now Carter, some of these sticker sheets don't have angels on them and if they don't have an angel who will share the good news I thought about that sometime later because it's not just the angels that proclaim this good news no their glorious are joined by the shepherds at the side of the manger the wise men bring their gifts and bow down to the newborn king they too are witnesses Mary and Joseph share in this good news as well and you and I we are not mere spectators sitting in the audience of this story no when we're asked the question who are you we have to give an answer you and I are witnesses to God's unfolding plan of redemption we witness the way that God speaks And continues to speak through ordinary, everyday people. We witness the way that God swoops down low to call people just like us. We witness that even the darkest forces of this world are not as powerful as they might seem. We witness the word made flesh. That God would love the world so much to send Jesus for us. To save And redeem us. We carry God's love and truth and light into this world. We carry Jesus when we love one another. We hold Jesus close, transforming our lives closer to the likeness of Christ. We bear witness to the ways God wants to involve us to carry Jesus into this world to share the good news of great joy. Amen.